As one of my colleagues says, good morning, Sangha. We have the great good fortune of having a beautiful day of practice. You can delight in the fact that you've made it here, that the past has passed. It's over. And the future is just an idea. That you've arrived at the only reality, which is we call the living present which is so different from past and future, which are mental. So a way to take advantage of this sense of arrival in in real time or present time is to connect with that which is always present, uh, which is your uh, physical body. The first foundation of mindfulness, the cause of joy, the cause of gladdening of our hearts is to have our mind in the same location as our body. For our senses to be open, welcoming. And so it's helpful to have a sitting posture that is also welcoming, that's not strained or tense, but is to the extent possible that is relaxed and easeful a position that you can take some delight in. So you might want to experience or experiment with shifting from side to side or front to back until you find a center point where falling into a gentle stillness is is more effortless. And once you've found that point of balance and ease to just let your body go, let it be just as it is, supported by the, the earth. Just feel the sense of gravity. And notice how when your eyes close gently or slightly downcast, unfocused, There is a natural stilling that occurs just by having your mind, attention, beginning that process of settling into your body. And just to experience this a little bit more intimately, let your attention be drawn to the point of contact where your rear touches the cushion or the chair. And just hover there, feeling that sense of connection until we stay long enough so that the idea of our rear and cushion give way to the feeling of sensation. Pressure, heaviness, hardness. Gently moving along to the point where our hands touch whatever they're touching. Just feeling those sensations of contact intimately until the idea of our hands gives way to the feeling of pressure, tingling,
and onto our lips and our eyelids. Staying long enough until what is highlighted is the feeling or the sensations of contact, pressure, temperature. And expanding to include the feeling of the whole body sitting, the sitting body. Until the idea of it gives way to that feeling of aliveness or sensation, vibration, gentle stillness. Just sense what it's like to have your attention unified with your physical body. No separation. And then naturally you will be drawn to the body's experience of its own breathing. We simply connect our attention to the body's experience of its breath. Now for some of you this connecting with the experience of breathing may be associated with a lot of tension or difficulty. So you can, if that is the case for you, you can feel free to rely on just the sense of the sitting body sitting as your primary anchor, your home base. But for others, we can simply connect with and sustain our attention through the waves of breath, through the duration of the in-breath and the out-breath. as a way of connecting and sustaining, as a way of harmonizing our mind and body. Giving ourselves a home base, either in the body or breath. A place to return to when we realize we've been scattered or lost in the imagined past or future. We try to find some comfort, make a home in the experience of our sitting body sitting, our breathing body breathing. Just one breath at a time. And when I say that we notice the body's experience of its own breath, We can sense that this is not an egoic thing. This is not something, the breath is not something we control or direct. 
It's just what bodies do according to their needs. So we simply feel and ride the waves of the breath however they may show up. Some short breaths, some long, some rough, some smooth, some deep, some shallow. We, if we're noticing the breath, we feel it. We sink into it, we stick to it. We notice with clear comprehension that this is an in-breath, this is an out-breath. We may even want to accompany the experience of our body's breath with a soft mental label, a transparent whisper in our mind that says, in, concurrent with the in-breath, out with the out-breath. Or if you feel the breath most prominently at your chest or belly, and make a soft acknowledgement of rising, concurrent with the rising feeling, falling with the falling feeling. Some of you in feeling the body's breath may feel it as a, a full body breath, a whole body ex- gently expanding and contracting. You can accompany that experience with that soft mental label of expanding, contracting. This mental label, although useful to stay connected to the experience of the breath with your kind attention, this mental label is really optional. Most important is the felt experience and the knowing that there is an experience of breathing. And if you're using your whole body as a home base or a primary anchor, you can accompany that with a soft acknowledgement of sitting And then including also a touch point, a place of contact, sitting and touching. Everything in service of having your attention in the same location as your body. With our senses, awareness, open, welcoming. Delighting in the fact that we are present, aware, knowing reality as it is. This, just this moment, just this breath.
inevitably after just a few breaths, your mind may drift into fantasy, very habituated to do that, not a problem. But each time you become aware that the mind has been imagining, drifting, fantasizing, remembering, whatever it might be, each moment that you recognize that, just appreciate that moment of waking up to where you are without any judgment about having drifted, it's natural. Just appreciate that reawakening, relax, and in the service of staying more easily anchored to the living present, we connect again with our body, which is here. Gently reconnecting with the felt sense of our sitting body, breathing body. Reconnecting as gently as if we were putting a puppy back on paper when we're trying to train it. And we just stay here as long as that lasts without any strain or tension. Just connect with the body or breath. Just this breath, just this moment.
Notice how natural it is to be aware. Just a state of being, aware, receiving the experience of our body's breath or the sitting body sitting. No need for strain, attention. But if there's strain or tension, just let that be known. Be aware.
Again, when you realize that you've been absorbed in a fantasy, imagined past or future, enjoy the fact that you have awakened. Appreciate that re-arising mindfulness. Relax. And very gently connect again with the next arising breath. Just realizing the Dharma through the experience of our body's breathing. Delighting in the selflessness of breath. Uh, The body breathes all by itself. Enjoying the gentle stillness of the sitting body. Feeling of the elements of nature, hard, pressure, temperature, moisture. It's connecting with life right where it connects with us. Just this moment, just this breath or sitting body. Attention and body in harmony.
When you hear the sound of the gong, just be aware of the simple experience of hearing. And after the bell has faded and you're ready to open your eyes, be aware of the experience of opening your eyes, aware of outer sight and any other movements that you make so that you begin from the beginning to recognize that mindfulness continues. and can be continuous. Already uh, quite a pleasure to be sitting with all of you. And and at least one of the things I was mindful of was the excitement of of projecting the opportunity to marinate with you in silence over many days. And and, um, just how, what a great and wondrous opportunity that is. And always a pleasure. get just as excited after 35 years of leading these retreats as the beginning and just like as James was saying just cuz have so much confidence that of the of the fruits and the the value just not just to ourselves but the people who have to live around us every day and so thank you already for your practice a reminder that we started uh at with the instructions this morning by having your attention that's often quite scattered. Even though attention is natural, you know, it's just, it couldn't be closer. It's, it's our natural state of just being aware. But because we're, our minds are untrained, they tend to, we tend to drift a lot into, into fantasy and spend a lot of our time obsessing about what's next and often miss the simple reality of the present. So at first we orient ourselves to real time by giving ourselves an anchor, either to our body or our breath, something that's, at least as long as we're alive, it's always here. And that process of gathering and then sustaining that connection to the, the living present begins to open up our, and gladden our senses, open us up, and it actually makes it possible for us to notice the other experiences that are also part of the, what we sometimes describe as the display of the present moment. Sounds become clear, sights, smells, tastes, other physical sensations. And we slowly over the retreat expand the, what we call the field of awareness to include anything that can present itself. I call it equal opportunity mindfulness. If you can notice it, it is, um, it is, it will benefit the strengthening of this habit of staying uh, aware of, of life, right, where it's touching you. But at first you will notice your attention drifts very uh, quickly into, uh, into the mental world and we get lost in it. And when you realize, when mindfulness reappears, you notice, oh, I was literally daydreaming. 
And that's, uh, that moment is good news because that's a moment of mindfulness. And what we do at that moment is we don't judge ourselves at all. We just say, here I am, this is, now I'm present again. And, and with that moment of being present, that's created a, a, a field of creative possibility. What do I want to do with that moment of recognition? So I want to anchor my attention here so that I can get used to it, so that the present becomes so compelling that I won't spend so much of my time desiring to be somewhere else. But that's a process, and so we want to really appreciate that reawakening, really connect in a very gentle way, again, with our body or our breath. And just to reiterate that some of you may not find it as, um, it may not feel like a, a place of ease or delight to connect with your breathing, uh, with your body's experience of its own breath. And for a variety of reasons, I won't elaborate on that now, but if you find that you have a contentious relationship with the breath, then feel free to use the sense of the whole body sitting. And in, in, in keeping with that rhythm that we get with the waves of breath in and out, we can, you can have the same rhythm with the sense of sitting and touching, just finding some touch point in your body and just have the sense of sitting and then gently shifting your attention to that, whatever that point of contact, it could be your rear, your hands, your lips, your eyelids, and just hover in real time, remain undistracted as long as that lasts. But then really enjoy those moments that you wake up from um, having been dreaming. We don't judge ourselves for dreaming at night, but we tend to when we're daydreaming. And no need to judge, it's natural. Any questions real quickly about the instructions or settling into the retreat or the retreat culture? Anything at this point? And this, every morning, you may not have so many questions this morning, but every morning we will offer this time for Q&A and it's, it's highly likely that whatever comment or question you have will be of some benefit to someone else in the room. So please uh, feel free. Part of our... Full enlightenment on the first morning. Please. If we're experiencing like some pain in our back or um, how much the question was if you're experiencing pain in your neck or your back, how much should we concentrate on that? Uh, I know this is a semantic difference, uh, but I generally I generally try not to use the word concentrate as a verb something you do, uh, but more as something that happens when you gently connect your attention to whatever that experience is. So if you concentrate on it, there's often a little tension uh, associated with trying to concentrate. We're just trying to gently connect and then sustain that connection. As the instructions go along, when, when a pain comes up, we just let the breath recede or whatever our anchor recede and we just let our attention rest with that experience to the extent that we can and we try to find balance with it. The first day, sometimes our mind is a little bit more reactive to those experiences and can't do it so easily. And so we can just touch, touch it a little bit and, and maybe titrate a little bit, go back and forth to the breath uh, and, and, uh, and feel free if you need to make 
a slight shift in your posture. But when you do make a shift in posture, try to do it really deliberately so that it becomes part of the flow of meditation rather than sudden or reactive because uh, that, will, that will kind of unseat you. It makes it hard for the, for the water to boil, you know. Or, so We'll elaborate a lot more on working with physical pain as we go along. Ray, please. Yes. So some some input about sleeping, having a little challenge sleeping in a place without the familiar uh, accoutrement like fans and uh, just come, you know, just your familiarity. There's often an adjustment to sleep on a retreat and. Make sure that we try not to, to add a lot of reaction to it. We try to be really gentle with that. And there are so many, there's so many uh, methods for dealing with sleep, but the first, with lack of sleep, but the first is to really accept the condition that you're experiencing. So not to struggle with it and fight with it, not to try to go to sleep, but just to kind of notice your state. I find the most useful way of, of settling my energy, uh, especially in an unfamiliar place, is to bring my attention down into my lower part of my body, to, to, to just hover in the bottom of my feet. Because the tendency is for my winds to move up and to get into a lot of discursive thinking. And so to just, just settle my mind into my body, and I may even want to do a little body scan not so much in order to go to sleep, but in order to just settle my mind into my body. Just not unlike what we're doing here. So you can, it's a kind of meditation. Um, I think we'll, many of us will say different things at different times, but it's not unusual to have challenge sleeping on the first day of a retreat. Yeah, you often will drift into sleep, yeah. But not because you were trying to sleep, but because your mind is more settled, yes. So I think we, we have a few rituals and a few announcements to make. What's that? Oh, uh, Deborah would like me to say something about how to deal with sleep. You mean sleep on the cushion? Yes. This, uh, the first, just to, this is not to be a hypnotic induction, but often the first day of a retreat looks a little bit like people at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, you know. <laughs> because there is a tendency to have, to have initially that more tranquility and not a lot of vital energy. Vital energy a little bit diminished from our, this, you know, the intensity of our daily lives. So as we quiet and our we experience a little more tranquility without enough energy, we'll start to get sleepy. So we do try to, at those moments, uh, just be gentle, don't struggle with sleepiness. We try to take a precise posture. You can practice with the eyes open. You can feel free to stand up 
do some standing practice. You might see, especially among the veterans, and hopefully everyone else will join in, you might see 20 people standing during a sitting. That little extra energy to hold the body up will help sometimes balance the tranquility on the first day or at any time during the retreat. So sleepiness. And then, uh, and then as we offer, as Don will offer walking meditation to really do the walking very thoroughly, that also helps to you know, move the body and it helps build energy. And you'll find that you start to, to wake up. And you may also experience these first few days alternating periods of uh, sleepiness and restlessness. And with the restlessness, we, we, um, we give ourselves a lot of space and, we, and sometimes the walking is helpful with that. More to say, but uh, I think that's enough for now. Maybe do the... Uh, yes, please. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you'll, you'll be learning for yourself uh, along with the instructions. And one basic instruction to keep in mind is just asking yourself, oh, what, what will support me being here? Whether it's uh, bringing more wakefulness or bringing more ease and relaxation. And with all the instructions, just really listen inside and see, this feels right. Or this, uh, I'll try it this way. And you can experiment with it. Uh, I want to do now uh, this uh, cell phone uh, ritual. Uh, and then uh, Dawn is going to be giving walking instructions. So I want to say uh, just a few words about it and then we'll do it together. And uh, it can be simple but really powerful. Uh, you know, the Buddha talked about attachment as the cause of suffering. Whether it's attachment to sense pleasures or um, thoughts or opinions or what, whatever things grab us, that contraction is what leads to suffering and that letting go is the key to the end of suffering. These days, as I'm sure probably everyone here knows, uh, one of the great attachments and addictions in our culture these days is to our devices. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so this can be a really powerful practice in itself. Um, just to see, to notice your relationship to the device and also that challenge in letting go and how it feels when you actually do let go. The Buddha talked about it as one of the great sources of joy, simplifying and letting go. So in a few moments, I'll ask everyone who wants to turn in their device or has turned in your device, if you already have, you can be part of this ritual too, um, to, um, to line up uh, on either side of uh, uh, the room. We can have two lines and uh, we'll come up uh, fairly um, uh, expeditiously uh, one at a time from uh, each line and just kind of feeding it in and placing your device in there. If you uh, haven't already done so, make sure you have your name uh, written on a piece of tape with the device. There's more masking tape in the back. It was on the front, it was in the out, outside in the lobby, but if you haven't done it yet, there's masking tape uh, with a pen in the, in the back. And, uh, and you'll come and put your device in. Uh, we'll bow quickly to you. 
just to acknowledge and um, notice how it feels both as you, in the anticipation, in the act, and afterwards how it feels, the feeling of letting go. Um, so any question on that? This is a powerful practice, not just for here on the retreat, but when you notice that moment of ease and the, um, the relaxation and the spaciousness of letting go of something that you often hold on to, it can be something that you can uh, carry with you in the world. The joy of letting go, it's such a, a radical shift from what our culture says. I have to have this, more is better. When I get this, then I'll be happy. And the Buddha said quite the opposite. When you let go of what you thought you needed, ah, it feels good. That's where the real contentment and wholeness comes. So I invite you now to um, line up, as you will, whether uh, you have the device or you've already handed it in. And um, when we have the line, I'll invite people to come in. And everybody who is, uh, who is witnessing this, witness with uh, what's called sympathetic joy. You know, if you're if you don't feel guilty, if you're not part of this, but you can celebrate the fact that there's all of these um, letting go experiences that are happening right in, in front of us. Okay, so let's see. Uh, so please, uh, you can just put it in the basket and could do it fairly quickly. So.
You just notice how that feels. This is a radical act and one that will be, uh, hold on. (laughs) Glad you made it. (laughs) One that will be in the coming years, one of the most important practices of all for the sake of our planet to learn to simplify let go of our attachments of more and feel the freedom of enough and to distinguish what we want or think we need from what we actually need. So thank you so much for participating in that. Good morning. So in a moment, I'll ask you to stand But just before you actually stand, just notice if you kind of visualize in your mind, like, yeah, okay, I'll just stand. Um, And and I bring our awareness or our attention to it mostly because we're here trying to cultivate some mindfulness. At least that's the idea. Whether we do it or not is another thing. But... um, but take this opportunity in a moment when you do stand to try to pay attention to all of the micro-movements that it takes for you to get to standing. I also want to give the option that if it's not appropriate for you to stand this morning and you're seated or in a chair, you can stay. And instead, just maybe notice any physical sensations that might arise as everyone else is standing and if there's um, any feelings that might come up with that. And, um, and contrary to popular belief, when we try to practice mindfulness, it's not about practicing to be slow. Um, and so can you stand, I, I call it sometimes stealth mode, or when I teach teenagers on retreat, I say, be cool, just be cool about it. So can you stand in a way that no one knows that you're actually being mindful? So kind of being natural about it, but you're, you're actually mindful, all right? So let's go. If it feels more sturdy for you to stand on the hardwood floor, go ahead. As well, um, it might be easier for your balance to keep the eyes open. Some of you might feel more comfortable with the eyes closed, which is also fine. But regardless, um, just take a moment to notice if you're more on your left foot or your right foot. But don't adjust. So try to step out of fixing mind that might be prevalent in your everyday life. And can you just be with this noticing, this bare attention? If your knees are locked, just soften them. And at the same time, notice if you're more towards your heels than your toes or vice versa. And again, just noticing. And now if you really want, if the urge is quite strong, then you can sway side to side or forward and back to try to find that, that, that middle point that Howie mentioned. 
that, um, that space between heels and toes and right and left foot. And once you find it, um, in air quotes, because um, it's not, balance is not this still point. It's this, this uh, point that we need to constantly adjust to. So can you tune into that? In a moment, I'll ask you to take a step and just notice what might arise physically or mentally in anticipation for that. You might be planning, okay, I'm going to step with this foot or that foot or, or suddenly being worried about your surroundings and thinking I'm going to step on cushions or people or whatever. Just notice that. And then now just take one step forward with just one foot. And notice how you might have to lean to one side, um, feel the lifting of that foot you're stepping with, the shaking of the ankle perhaps as you're stepping forward, and the foot landing down, the leaning forward. And let's match, let's bring that other foot forward as well. And so what are the movements or sensations that come along with that? And once you do match your feet, come back to this standing kind of meditation. So just feeling both feet down. And just to play, let's step back. So again, what sensations um, are entailed in stepping that one foot back? and the other foot back, so that we're back to our original spot. So in very simplistic terms, you just did a walking meditation. (laughs) You walked forward and you walked back. And so that's a little bit like what we're trying to do when we have these periods of walking meditation. Again, like how we invited us, all we're trying to do is be aware of whatever the body is doing as it's doing it. And so the idea is that you'll um, find a path outside. It could be upstairs in the upper walking hall, even downstairs in the lower walking hall. Downstairs is often quite cool if if you feel like you're overheating. Um, And then you choose a pathway that's about 10 or 15 paces long, and you simply walk to your end point. And you might, if you're outside, you might use a rock or a tree as your marker. And then once you get to the end of that path, sometimes what happens is we get to the end and we quickly do the spin or we kind of take a moment to tune out because we're not walking, we're just turning around, and then we continue with our mindful walking. But instead, kind of like what I invited you to do when you were seated and before you got up to pay attention to all of the movements that it takes to stand, same thing when you reach the end of your walking path. Can you maybe notice stopping or standing? Can you tune into the sensation or the physical urge to turn? And what I do is I then acknowledge turning, turning, and then I'm facing my path once again. And I even take a moment to acknowledge that I'm going to start walking again. So it could be something like if you use mental noting or labels, intending to walk. And then I continue with my mindful walking. And same thing when I get to the other end. 
So we intentionally design it to be pretty boring. It's just back and forth. It's not like, go on a beautiful hike and observe the vistas. Unfortunately, no, that could be after lunch or something like that. We keep it pretty boring so that you don't have to occupy yourself with trying to plan anything. Like, should I go here? Should I do this? Maybe I should take this trail, etc. So you choose this path and you just simply go back and forth and you be with whatever arises. Yes, physically as you're walking, but then also as the mind wanders, etc., or when you hear. And so when something like that does arise, like you're lost in thought and you only realize 10 steps later, what I like to do, and I invite you to, to explore this or experiment with this, is I actually stop. And then I just take a moment to realize or to note thinking, or I was just lost in thought. And then I kind of regather body and mind, and then I open my eyes and I continue walking. Um, please do keep your eyes open during walking meditation. I th- it might seem obvious. To, it's obvious to me, but it's not obvious to everyone. And I've had students walk into a wall, ironically. So, so don't fall over things. Don't walk into things, hopefully. So eyes open, just downcast, maybe a foot or two in front of you. Um, and it's also possible that as you're walking that you might lose balance, in which case what I do is I take smaller steps. Uh, some teachers will say, quicken the pace. So experiment what works for you if that happens. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, we are not training in being slow or looking mindful. We're actually training to be mindful or to cultivate mindfulness. And what that means in terms of walking is that you might not walk slow. Um, Walk at whatever pace helps you stay present. So if you're feeling, say, anxious or you're still really um, uh, riled up from, from all that it took to get here, there's a lot of energy in your body, you might need to walk quickly. Um, If you're feeling already pretty calm, you might walk slowly, or it could be somewhere in between, or in a walking period that's 45 minutes long usually, um, you might, energy change, changes, and so you might need to adjust the pace uh, throughout the the practice, throughout that session. Um, So, yeah, so it's not about walking slowly per se, and then, um, and then just to yeah, no, that's all I'll say about, about that for now. Um, but what I want to mention and make explicit that it's not the walking, even though on the schedule it does say walking meditation or, yeah, just walking. But I want to make explicit that it's not the walking that's important for these, these parts of the, the schedule. What we're trying to do is integrate mindfulness with movement, beyond just, say, the movement sessions that Evelyn leads. And so um, if it's not appropriate for you to walk for whatever reason, you can, again, uh, stay seated. You could be seated outside. There's a a bunch of benches and um, hands on the thighs. And you can simply, um, I don't know if you can see, but let's pretend that my hands are on my thighs. And so I'm gesturing with my hands if you're not looking up. And then... um, what you can do is just be aware of, say, the right, my right hand, the right palm turning up, lifting, turning the palm down, and lowering it back on the thigh. Turning the opposite hand, lifting, turning the palm down, and lowering. 
And so that would be on your thighs. Um, that's an option too. So um, basically what we're trying to do is expand our capacity to be mindful beyond just these seated formal periods. Did I leave anything to add? Team extraordinaire? Yeah. Not that? Okay. Yeah. Any questions? And I'll repeat the question in case um, you don't hear it. Yes. So great question, how do you get downstairs? Through these doors, and you see this railing out, out, outside here, you go down those stairs, and then there's a door. Yeah, thank you. Oh yes, one thing I do want to mention, and it may or may not come up for you, but notice if you choose a walking path, and then you create this whole story, like, this is so perfect, oh my gosh, I'm so mindful, this is going to be my spot for the week. And then the next walking period, someone else is there, and then you're like, but that's my path. So just notice if that arises and that nothing is actually ours. <laughs> and so you might need to find a, a separate walking path. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? All right. So this session is a little shorter than, than uh, what will usually be the case for walking. So it is almost 10 right now. Um, and then we're due back in the hall at 10.30? Yeah. So, um, so you'll have about 20, 25 minutes to practice walking. Um, yes? Will you be uh, ringing a gong? Yeah, I believe there are bell ringers for everything. So, yeah, once you hear the bell, that means to come back. Yeah. And I really, really encourage you to try this out. A lot of times people kind of use this period to sneak into their room and rearrange their socks or something or make tea or it's like perfect for snack time um, and yet we live in such a busy world that I find it's walking meditation or integrating m mindfulness with movement that becomes the, um, the most uh, accessible way we can integrate this practice in our daily lives so yeah all right, friends. I have to add oh, something. Yes. Mark and Gail, please check the message board. There's a note for you. Have a great day of practice. And this transition period is also equal to the sitting and the walking. How you get to the door, but make sure you don't walk too slowly.